Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan, Rockefeller Center, New York City. Joined as usual with John here in the studio. How you doing, John? Doing great, thanks. Yeah. That's a lie. I can tell by looking at your face that you're hating it. It's, but I appreciate the lie. Yeah. That's a good hospitality. Right. Yeah. That's a good chef, exactly. chef move. Yeah. 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 Get through it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Joe Hazen rocking the panels. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Welcome to the studio. Everything's okay on your side? Me? Yeah. And uh, But we have a huge, so like, you know, we have a huge like cast of thousands in the Los Angeles Cooking Issues Outpost. First of all, of course, we have Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing, Stas? Good. Good. And eventually we will have Jackie Molecules. And I believe, before I you know, introduce our guest, in the upper left we have Quinn. Quinn, how you doing? Oh, Jack's there. Yeah. Mr. Molecules, we have Quinn. Nice. But we have, of course, you know, many decades-long friend, friend of the show, Ariel Johnson, author of the upcoming book, Flavorama. Is that, is that correct? Flavorama, right? Yeah, that's how you should say it, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Which it's, it's coming out in March, right? As of today, you can pre-order at Kitchen Arts and Letters. Ah. Starting in March, March 12th. So. March 12th. I mean, that's the, the day before my birthday, uh, my dad's birthday, day before, it's the day before the Ides of March, right? That's like a good stabbing day. It's a good pre-stabbing day, right? Yeah. That's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we can work some stabbing into this. Yeah. And then also, uh, we are very pleased to have for the uh, first time on the show, Josh Scherer from uh, Mythical Kitchen, also coming out with a book in March. I believe it's called, is it called The mm -hmm. Mythical Cookbook? What's the name of it? The Mythical Cookbook, Josh? Is that accurate? Am I accurate? I was incorrect about the title. The title of the upcoming book that Josh is coming out with, The Mythical Cookbook. Is that That's more accurate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you nailed it. Thank you. So, uh, so explain, explain uh, mythical cooking. Well, we're going to shoot the breeze in a minute, but before we shoot the breeze, explain kind of mythical cooking mythical good morning like what's the what's the myth what's the what's the myth so, so the myth is there's no myth the myth is a myth in itself no so mythical entertainment the company i work for uh the flagship show good mythical morning has been around for 2500 plus episodes many of which were filmed before i've ever worked here i've been here for about six years now uh, but they would always just mess around with their food on camera real simple stuff what happens if you shove mac and cheese inside of a big mac what happens if you try and make a baby shampoo it, it, taco. I don't know why that came to mind, but oh, uh, one oh, oh, day stop, like, hey, stop, 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 stop. Because baby shoe is not a baby shampoo is not toxic. You decided to see whether it would work in, in a taco, presumably what as a thickener for the salsa or what? Uh, well, so their ideas before I got here was just uh, let's put baby shampoo inside yeah. an Ortega stand and stir or yeah. stuff taco shell yeah. and eat it because it was non toxic. It was a gag. Um, yeah. But then uh, they also did that with uh, like blood tofu, you know, the congealed pork blood. Yeah. They decided they didn't like that. They hired me, who my background is in recipe development, mm -hmm. it was in food media. So I took like their original idea of shoving just cold blood tofu into a stand and stuff taco shell. And then I, you know, uh, pasteurized the blood and then, like, emulsified that into a blood mole, made a little bit of, like, blood carne asada yeah. um, and uh, blood pickled onions. And so I tried to really step up their food game, and now we've taken 
all 2,500 episodes of Good Mythical Morning, all several hundred episodes of Mythical Kitchen, my food focus spinoff, and shoved it into the Mythical Cookbook. That's right. Available in March from Harper Collins. We're going to try to get it also maybe because uh, we have a Patreon. Uh, maybe they can get a discount yeah. for our cooking issues uh, listeners for our Patreons. Yeah. And if they want to join the Patreon, John, what should they do? Patreon.com slash cooking issues. Uh, check it out. There are three different levels of memberships. You get different perks at every membership or you know every level uh, access to our discord uh, discounts like kitchen arts and letters and other awesome vendors that we work with um, you get your questions answered uh, in a more prioritized fashion than would otherwise happen for instance yeah. also you have the number you can call in uh, your questions if you're a patreon member to 917-410-1507 that's 917-410-1507 if you're if you're listening and it's yeah. a little later than normal so true yeah true. I had the joys of going to uh, but yes Quinn what's up uh, as we forgot to mention, last week for patrons, we're also occasionally releasing um, early exclusive recipes like your acid adjusted key lime pie. Well, I mean, it's kind of my. It was a Patreon. It's a. It's a. It, you know, it's a. It's a Patreon member's idea. Is the best culinary idea that I've heard in years. I mean, the best. I mean, clearly the best idea I've heard in years. So, Josh, here's what you, key lime pie is delicious product, right? I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, key lime pie is delicious. So, you know, I do this thing. I've been doing this thing for years where for cocktails, I adjust uh, different juices up to the acidity of lemon or lime such that they can function in cocktail recipes. And the patron, uh, you know, one of our uh, Patreon members was like, what if you did that for key lime pie? And I have to say, oh, it, it is oh. delicious. Uh, the color is always a little a little wan. Speaking of color, in your upcoming book, uh, I know we're, we're supposed to shoot the, the, the trash first, but one of your recipes is for Gatorade muffins. And first of all, anytime someone uh, mentions Gatorade, someone has to sing that Gatorade is Thursday for a deep down body thirst. Who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Gatorade is Thursday for a deep down body thirst. Like that, right? Someone has to do it. Uh, and as you've said on your show... Okay. Wanted, for, yeah. Uh, it sounds like a must Yeah. Yeah. So you reduce the Gatorade. You reduce like two bottles of Gatorade mm -hmm. down to like a weeny little amount and then have a sour cream mm -hmm. base in the muffin. Now, is this because of your like, you know, love of uh, lifting weights and gym and, and sports that you went to Gatorade on this? Or what's the, what's the reason for a Gatorade muffin? Uh, well, the reason for the Gatorade muffin, of course, is to increase hydration. And I mean, what's the number one problem with muffins in America today? Lack of salt and electrolytes? Lack of electrolytes. <laughs> Other than electrolytes, I could not tell you, but it's what your body craves. Uh, no, <laughs> so much of what we do here, I, I have a friend, this story is going somewhere. I had a friend who worked in a chemistry lab at UC Santa Barbara right after we graduated. He was trying to like sequence the genome or something of some stem cell of a sea monkey. And I was like, is this Wait, for did you say sea monkey? Did goes, you say sea monkey or monkey? Sea monkey, a sea monkey. Yeah. Yeah, biggest scam yeah, in the like world, sea monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Our sea monkeys just front and my Yeah, yeah. I think. But he said something to me. I'll never forget where he said, "No, we're doing it just to know it. Nobody else has done it before. We just need to know." And sometimes that's how science works. I have that view of cooking. I have never seen a Gatorade muffin before. I needed to see what a Gatorade muffin would taste like. Mm -hmm. It turned out 
a little a little acidic when you reduce yes. the syrup that much. All that citric acid really shines through, and then there's already the sour cream in, right. in the cake batter. And so, you know, it was a little rough, uh, but I'm glad we did it. And now you can make this recipe that sucks at home. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, the reason I brought it up is because... But my question was, when you reduce it that much, how's the color? Because that's the main problem with the acid-adjust key lime pie, is that I have to add a little bit of food coloring to it because, in general, you know, key lime pies are either naturally a yellow color, which marries well with the condensed milk, or they dope it with green food coloring when they use regular lime. So, I cheat. I have food coloring. So, I'm not above it. I'm not above it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what Gatorade uses food coloring anyway. So, do you over blue? First of all, apparently you're a blue man, but like uh, not the group, but the Gatorade. And then, yeah. uh, uh, do you over blue? But I didn't see any over blue in it. Or is there enough blue once you reduce it? And have you ever had enough of it that your that your number two turns green? Uh, not with the Gatorade muffins, but I have had too much food dice where my number two does turn green, and that was courtesy of my love Ralph's grocery store. But one day, mm. boy, did their cupcakes have so much food dye in them that it died by whole mouth. But with the Gatorade muffins, you would be shocked. Well, maybe not. You would be shocked. Many would be shocked at how much blue food dye is in there. Once you produce <laughs> a gallon of it, that really will permeate your dozen or so muffins. Uh, that you create, so no overblowing needed. Yeah, you know, uh, Nastasia and I like shopping at a Ralph's, right, Stas? Yes. Mm, Ralph's. It's the only <laughs> grocery store you shop to that already sounds like you're vomiting. I just don't understand why it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah. Why is it? Oh, do you know Nastasia and I? Back when I was at the French Culinary Institute, we bought a whole bunch of FNDC blue dye, a powder, right? And it, Nastasia wanted so badly to put it into gel caps so that people, so that she could give it to people and their poo would turn green without them knowing why. Ooh. But I was like, you can't. <laughs> I was like, you can't mess with people's insides. She's like, but they're kind of friends. And I'm like, yeah, nah. It's like, you know, once you're in the food business, you can no longer feed people things surreptitiously. Like you've given up the right to surreptitiously mess with people's insides once you've started doing this crap for a living. Because, you know, as you said in your air fryer, sorry episode, like there's a certain level of trust. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, I felt that I mean, that was... It's no official from the credit notes, but I think it's like an unspoken... Uh... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have a product idea. I'm in a room with many learned doctors right now, and so I have a product idea, uh, speaking of messing with people's insides surreptitiously, but is there a way that you could take some sort of pill or ingest something that would perfume your flatulence to, say, smell like a cinnamon? Ah, well, this has been a uh, topic of discussion for a long time, and the only time oh. I've ever had it happen to me was yeah. when Nastasia and I had over 200 varieties of citrus uh, just uh, up the mountain from Watsonville at uh, the late Gene Lester's Citrus Farm. And, uh, yeah, I, I pooped o OJ, and it smelled the part. It was amazing, wow. you know? Uh, it was amazing. Wow. Yeah, never never before, never again. It, uh, Ariel, should that be possible? I mean, uh, probably not, right, because you can't oh, control yeah, the bacteria. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it comes from, you know, like bacteria in your colon mm. breaking stuff down, you know, so if you eat like a undercooked 
Jerusalem artichoke. That's why mm, another one of the stuff. Yeah. Or if you're like artichoke, oh, pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, if you like put them in overdrive, they'll produce yeah. lots of gas. But like, yeah. okay. So like bad bad parts smell from a sulfur molecule. So like, but there are like other sulfur molecules like in Sauvignon Blanc that smell like amazing. So I wonder if you could like encapsulate the precursors uh, to the point where they'd like survive your upper digestive tract and then like feed the uh, the colon bacteria. Well, well the, what the, the hell are we doing here now? Why are we not right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, so Ariel, chem- chemically, there's a couple of different things that could be going on, right? So like, there are a couple of different approaches. One, you could try to neutralize the Febreze effect. Literally like like make your farts have Febreze in them, right? That's one way to go. Right. Another way is to try to modify yeah, what the like bacteria are producing. Injection. Right. So it's like, you know. Yeah. The other would be a low residue what diet. What, like, what, what the smell minus smell would be mm-hmm. like? I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can kind of, like, both of them, like, micro-encapsulate a, like, a cyclodextrin in such a way that it, like, stayed encapsulated until it reached your colon or, like, mm-hmm. right after. Um, uh, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Like, considering that, like, all those bacteria love eating fiber and cyclodextrin is basically, I mean, it's a carbohydrate, like, mm-hmm. they might actually, like, eat it and do something weird with it. Well, so my idea, if this doesn't pan out, you just kind of shove a dryer sheet up there. And the- I was going to say, like, there's, there's always a suppository yeah. route. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you're, you're like, a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure somebody makes, like, uh, char- like char- activated charcoal, like, chonies, right? They have to. Someone has to. So it's like, you know, going through a couple layers of stuff on the yeah. way out. I'm sure that happens already, you know? Uh, you know, I don't know whether I've discussed it before, no, but... Maybe it's like cow. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see that? Did you ever go to Cornell and see the fistulated cow? Oh, well, we had one at Davis, but I never saw it. I saw a regular cow at Davis, yeah. but not the... Uh, it turns out uh, it's not so good for the cow to have a permanent hole in its stomach. By the way, fistulated cow, oh, for those really? of you that don't know, they put a porthole into the side of a cow so that eggs, and then you can literally open like a door, uh, like put your fist into the cow's stomach and be like, oh, that's what it looks like when they're like half ruminated, right? Not good for the Turns out that it's not a good idea from the cow's perspective. Shocking. But, Shocking. you know. Oh, is it the reason that we evolved that the single single digestive system, like for a reason? Yeah. I think you're okay. It's me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quinn. They're proud of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Quinn, imagine if they, someone was shoving, the, if you had students coming to your to your place every day shoving hands in there, that would be a different story. You know what I mean? Yeah, then you, you, gotta, you gotta manage the diameter for, like, extra holes in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some of those ag students are, are big-fisted folk, too. You know what I mean? It's not like they're mm. dainty hands, you know? They're <laughs> farmers. You know, now I'm trying yeah. to imagine a farmer with tiny hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so uh, I, again, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I had to uh, research uh, tooting quite a bit when I was doing the beans article. And here's something that you. Th- oh yeah. Yeah. So you'd think that this would be something that you would know, like you know. Actually, I don't know my blood type. I know it's either A or B, but I don't know which one. I can't forget. Yeah, whatever. If I get hit, I get hit. But they, but you. We're, most of us are either a hydrogen person or a methane person, right? So, like, some of us fart methane, 
and some of us fart predominantly hydrogen. And you'd think that you would kind of know what kind of person you were. Like maybe you would like go to like groups where you're like, we're hydrogen people. Oh, no, no, we're methane people. You know what I mean? But it's not something that people know. No one analyzes it and tries to figure out like which is their, you know, primary combustible gas that comes out the backside. It's just not something people when know. When you say hydrogen, and, and is that hydrogen you, sulfide? And you like cast that thought in like diet or something or like a like a fecal transplant. Or I think yeah. red meat increases methane production. I don't know. I, I, don't. I did a similar article. Yeah, so it's. I think it's something that we should kind of promote, since people promote learning yeah, everything like about their bodies. Yeah, because I, honestly, what I think is, is that yeah. uh, as a culture, we need something else to worry about with our bodies and feel guilty about. So yeah, so we need to track it. It's like it's like how they invented cellulite as a problem to uh, yeah. you know sell various things to women. So now we can uh, to bodybuilders eating too much routine sell. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, fart, fart, fart attack. I'm doing my part in the fart positivity game because at the gym, I go to a public gym, I will fart with impunity. And to me, it's it's not even Mark McDerry's part, but it's like an invitation for everybody to come towards me and say, it's okay, we all do this. Are and you I, best friends with Nastasia? Because that's her view. <laughs> Nastasia is the queen of the airplane farter. She is the airplane fart queen. <laughs> she, can, she can mist up like three rows in any direction. And she's like, why don't you want to sit next to me on the plane? First of all, we're both deathly afraid of flying. And so you don't want two people who are afraid of flying to be next to each other. It's a bad idea. You know what I mean? And then, you know, like fear plus toots. Plus, first of all, like I have fear sweat. You know how bad fear sweat smells? Like I sweat quite a bit, but my sweat doesn't smell like fear sweat. But on an airplane, that fear sweat, it's its own, it's its own McGilla. You know what I'm saying? I don't like it. Don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I see uh, for those of you that can watch the video uh, on uh, later on Patreon, I see that there is another silent guest uh, sitting in between Josh and Ariel, and that is the uh, the new Spinzol. You got to put a smiley face on that sucker. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you opened it yet, Nastasha? Someone get a Sharpie. Put a, no, put a smiley face on it. Nice. All right. It's getting close, people. It's getting close. Uh, all right. So, uh, seeing as how we've already uh, shot the breeze for 20 minutes, has anyone had any interesting culinary experiences uh, this uh, week they want to talk about? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody? Nothing? What about at the restaurant? Wait, wait, let it go. Let it go. They're drawing a, while they're drawing a smiley face, Quinn, I know you have something. I know you have something, Quinn. What's up? Uh, I made some bread. It turned out okay. I'm getting a weird issue. It's very descriptive, Quinn. What kind of bread and in what way only okay? Uh, a 33% freshly milled flour. Okay. Batard. Uh, kind of sourdough. More, I guess more accurately, like a mother starter. Because I did start with yeast like three weeks ago. Yeah, a couple questions. One. Yeah. Why start a sourdough starter with yeast if you're going to do it three weeks ago? You can just start it normally if you're no, going to start not, it three not, weeks ago. Not, I've been using it. Okay. I started just a mother starter and then right. they Okay, whatever. I'm not, I, whatever. Because like, I think the sourdough, honestly, with sourdough, I think it's do whatever in the hell you want. Anyone who's a purist about sourdough needs to bang their head against the wall for themselves. Don't make other people feel bad about what they do. Just do whatever you like. That's my feeling. But now... Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm
the word batard is a ridiculous it's a ridiculous word. It sounds like Jean-Luc Picard. It does not <laughs> it's the dumbest not no, the no. dumbest. What, you guys like it? You're pro batard. I'm no what what? Am I am I getting some backlash? You guys are pro batard? No, right? The word? That that we say say it in French. I, I, but, uh, I, I've never I've never neutral. So it seems like it's, it seems like a meaningful word. Like somebody says "batard," I know what they're yeah, trying to communicate. Yeah, it's useful for describing something that nothing yeah, else. It sounds like a mixture and, of know, bastard and Picard. I don't know. It's like anyway. The other thing is why only thirty three percent? Why like why why mill it all and then only use thirty three percent? I'm I'm why? I mean I'm I'm not saying mm. it's bad. I'm just asking why. Dave, are we gonna get into this again? No. Uh, we're going to have to have one of our old school stupid arguments later, I'm sure. If Well, we'll do it towards the end. We'll do it. Not you and I, Quinn. Not you I and mean, I. I mean, should we, should we ask Josh's opinion or Ariel's? If they care. Do you guys, are you interested in milling your own flour? Is this something you guys care about or think about on a, on a daily basis? Uh, no, but I did it in a Vitamix once, and it worked. Uh, well enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of side-by-sides yeah. on that. So back when I was writing my second cookbook before I was told to stop writing my second cookbook to redo my first one, well, it's a cocktail book, uh, I originally said that a Vitamix sucks at making flour and that only a moron would use a Vitamix to make flour instead of a, a mill. And, uh, and then I ran the side-by-side oh. taste test with the mill and the Vitamix, and it turns out the Vitamix... Is it's okay? It's not like it's not the best in the world, but it's also pretty. It's also decent. It's also pretty. It, it works fine. Uh, and so I was like, "Damn it!" Because like you know, I set up this huge test, and I did all of this work t- to prove that you couldn't do a good job in the Vitamix. And damn if you can't, son of a gun. You know what I mean? Is that, is that like without sifting to get like uniform particle size? Yeah, so that's the we thing. So you, you sift you sift in between grinds and put it back in is the best way to right. do it. Um, the only, I like the difference between a coffee grinder and a mm. burr grinder. The main problem with a, a Vitamix from an end flour point of view, it depends on whether you like. I I typically do um, like a, a a sift like a like a high high high, high um, extraction. Like I get eighty five percent. Most of the stuff that's sifted out is bran because in, in a mill the brand comes out coarser. So one of the issues with a Vita Prep is you tend to, when you're remilling and sifting, you tend to pulverize the brand. Right. So if you're gonna do full whole wheat, mm-hmm. I think it works uh, better than if you are trying to get a, a, a sifted thing, but also you get really ridiculous fines with a Vita mix, which is good if you like classic, super fine um, flour. I'm also very pro um, like damage, like for certain things, damage, damage. Like I know you like, uh, uh, Josh, like flatbread scenarios, uh, you know, at least you mentioned them. Uh, and so I don't know if you know this, but like, you know, Indian, and there's another phrase I hear you, you say a lot. I say it a lot. I don't know if you know this, but, uh, Indian, um, flour, the whole, whole mill stata is ground very hot. So there's a lot of starch damage. So I would imagine that if you just blended the ever loving snot out of it till it got, uh, hot and start starch damaged that it would actually make a decent uh shapati. so there you have it i haven't run that test yet though have not run it yet but you need a very fine flour with a lot of starch damage and why john do you want the starch damage why 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 so it absorbs more moisture so that you can have a drier more machinable shapati, right of course come on man of course yeah, I'm it, sorry. The, yep. Yep. damn it my bad you know what sucks you know what sucks 
being someone who only makes that kind of stuff like once every couple of months. And so at the end of the night, everything puffs well. And then the next time you start, you're a jerk again. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. 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 Uh, What am I missing? Am I missing anything? Or should we start talking stuff? Oh, you got anything good at the restaurant, John? Been working on Water Zooey, uh, specifically Ghent-style one, which is fish. It's also a weird name for a soup. Right, it's a soup, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it's like a soupy, stewy kind of hybrid thing. I mean, if an American came up with it, what would be in it? What would water zooey be if we came up with it? I don't know. I mean, it's originally using freshwater fish from the canals, but that doesn't. It happen. sounds gross as hell. Right? Yes. Um, so now it's, you know, you want a fish that's a, you want a fish that lives in poop. Well, exactly. you can make it with tilapia now. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, I know you love the Yasmin, Dave. Oh man, nothing. <laughs> Nothing better than the stink of dirt. Oh, should we we explain to Josh the Jasmine incident, if he's not aware? Uh, I think he would get it. Well, Jasmine is the smell of dirt, and uh, we lost our our video. That's fine. Jasmine is the smell of dirt, and um, so I bought some smell of dirt to make a dirt martini, and yeah. it was the worst thing ever, but Ariel did the calculations afterwards and calculated that I had added enough geosmin to to make what what smell bad there, Ariel? How large of a unit could Wait, I have made smell bad? At least an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not like a... In one drink. I mean, this is like, yeah. This is a problem with, uh, or like the, the, the sort of danger of... Uh, uh, pure flavor molecules is like, because you, I mean, you did a reasonable thing. You did cereal dilution. So you made yeah. like a 1% solution of it and then took a tiny amount of that. But the problem is there's like a few molecules that we can smell at like parts per trillion levels um, that, uh, yeah, you need to go like a few steps order of magnitude further to yeah. to get it in the, like, the okay range. I mean, the good news yeah. though, right, is I that... Mean, uh, we're, just not, we're not like... You know, correct me if I'm wrong. But there's a sigmoid. There's a sigmoid relationship. So I was in saturation zone. So if I if I'd added 20 drops, it probably would have seen the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. After after a certain concentration, you like can't get the receptors to respond more. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, baby. Yeah. 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 Over the top. Uh, All right. Let's get to the Patreon questions for Josh before we do anything else. That way, I will have gotten to them before. You know. I have to get into I have to get into some of this stuff like hot dogs and stuff. Although I don't really don't want to talk about hot dogs as a sandwich, but I feel like I'm going to have to. But I don't want to like at all, like not at all. But you know, I have a, I have actually a new piece of uh, uh, opinion to inject into that. Okay. Uh, I think the real question is: Are all of those things tacos? Since the taco predates the sandwich by approximately five thousand years. It does and it doesn't. In a, well, okay, so, so tortillas, like yeah. uh, the so mixed eating, mix conversation. Yeah, eating a, uh, a yeah. tortilla with stuff on it. Yeah. Like we, have, we have an actual very firm start date for the sandwich, uh, since we call it a sandwich. Uh, also, uh, well, but also, you, you, tacos, like, tacos not printed until, like, the mid to late 1800s, which to me is nuts. But you see the word, like, tamale, which is right. tamale has a several thousand years old etymological root to, like, Nahuatl language, right? Uh, in like it's very similar, but taco for whatever reason doesn't enter the lexicon until late eighteen And so for me, taco has to be uh, like an unleavened 
tortilla. Yeah. I don't count like right. a little bit of sodium bicarbonate mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Don't count that as blend. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. this this kind of argument this kind of argument is the same argument as there are exactly two creatures on Earth. There are sea cucumbers that poop out of their mouth, and there are worms that poop out of their butts. Yeah. So we are worms. Like it's the same <laughs> argument. You know what I mean? Like, no, the no, fact we, of the matter is, when I go out for a freaking sandwich, I don't get hot dogs. And when I go to a hot dog stand, I don't get I don't get a, a, a freaking Reuben. Like, I that's all there that, is. I believe that. I mean, and taxonomically, sorry, you brought up sea cucumbers. We are actually more closely related to sea cucumbers than we are to, like, arthropods. Uh, but except we have butts. So, you know, like, yeah, but, like... I believe Sorry, I believe the for, I, I believe for, the for anus. There's a question of uni. What type of shellfish is uni? Is it a mollusk or is it an arthropod? And it's it's, like, it's, like it's an echinoderm. It's an echinoderm. Right, right. Yeah. But what is an echinoderm? It's another phylum. Like, it's where, this whole phylum. It on, uh, it's also got no exactly, butt. Exactly. But it's right? closer to vertebrates than than other invertebrates. I. I could be a hundred percent wrong in this, but I or think the butt. I think the butt was a one-time innovation. I think the anus came about one time. I don't think that it's. Yeah, no, I think it's just a. Uh, yeah, it's not like carcinization where uh, the, the butt, the anus has been uh, uh, evolved yeah. many times in the course right. of the. Uh, right. So much more in this talk today than I thought it would be, and it makes me so happy because it's even yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, so to be clear. I mean, the thing about hot dogs and I'm happy to be wrong, but the butt is a one-time event. One-time event, but one butt event. (laughs) Go ahead. We need to adopt the Mexican-Spanish taxonomical definition of a sandwich because we had a lot of Mexican listeners reach out to us and say, "For us, you know, in Britain, they'll call a chicken burger, right? What we would call a fried chicken sandwich. Anything on a round bun. This is a bun-based taxonomy, bread-based taxonomy. So apparently, in Mexico." Anything that is on, like, sliced white mass-produced sandwich bread, mm-hmm. that to them is a sandwich because mm-hmm. they already have tortas and pambasos right. and all these Wait, so torta's not a sandwich? Hot dogs. Torta's not a sandwich. So, no. A torta is a torta. A torta is a torta. Do you know, do you know what else it is? is delicious. It's delicious. I hope Tortas algas are one of my favorite foods in the entire world. I will go to great lengths. Torta's delicious. Uh, I always ca- categorize that as a sandwich, but I would never go to a regular sandwich place, like like a, a deli sandwich place, and be like, you know what? Get me the torta that you don't know how to make. You know what I mean? That wouldn't happen. But what is a regular sandwich place? Right, mean, yeah. Right? I mean, I was, what is, the hell? is it colonialism too much? Is an 18th century British term as a uh, well, standard for yeah, that, many men? That, 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 that's the like English language term it. for it. That's the English uh-huh. language term for it, right? And, you know, in the same way that, like, you know, we call tea tea doesn't mean that we, you know, when, when the word tea came about is when, when tea was invented. You know what I mean? Like, so hey. it's... But in English, we call we call certain things sandwiches. But then saying, "Are these things that we don't call sandwiches also sandwiches?" That's getting away from uh, you know linguistics and into uh, right so uh, philosophy. I think it's exactly and, the point. We, the we question is, what does the English language for... word sandwich mean? Right, that's the question. What does the English word sandwich mean? And it don't mean a hot dog. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this awesome. actually was brought up in the Minnesota State. The Minnesota State Supreme Court had to legislate whether or not a burrito was a sandwich. Interesting. 
because there was a non-compete clause with a Panera Bread that had moved into a mall uh-huh. and it said that no other Sanders competitors could move in. Then a Qdoba moves in and Panera sues the mall saying that you let another sandwich competitor in because right. they sell burritos. Right. So yeah. there are real-life practical implications. There are. Yeah. yeah. And I'm so glad we've gotten hours of content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Because, like, I normally I mean, go buy sandwiches like- full of pounds of rice. So burrito, you know, makes sense. <laughs> you know, get me, get me, get me a rice sandwich, but first can you steamroll the bread until it's flat as hell? You know what I'm saying? It's like, no. Anyway. Uh, <sighs> I, I mean, Kind of the way I feel about like people who are really uptight about like misspellings and typos, mm-hmm. where they're like, "Oh, well, you misspelled this, so you're a moron." I'm like, but you knew what I was talking about, yeah. so therefore yeah. the like language was communicated and it served its purpose. Well, Ariel, that's exactly that's exactly my point. That's like, no, that's not a sandwich. Well, but that's exactly but that's ex- that's exactly my point. <laughs> Saying that a hot dog is a sandwich is non-communicative because it's not the kind of thing you communicate. In if you want a hot dog, right. it's not. It's not to. Yeah. Discursively useful. That's I mean, correct. It's, it's like saying uh, a reading is a sandwich. It's, I mean, uh, the difference between, you know, a uh, hummus and alfalfa sprout sandwich on wheat versus like a uh, Reuben on a giant hero. Is one taste good and the other sucks. That's the difference. One tastes good and the other one is a rancid piece of crap that should never be made. There's, if I could talk about one more court case, this is my Bimbo uh, versus United States, I believe, in the year 2000, where they were importing uh, hard shell taco shells, mm-hmm. and the U.S. is trying to tax them as chips because they are right. very similar to chips. Right. So it gets wallet becomes chips. It is also fried masa. Correct. Yeah. But Bimbo successfully argued that they were a form of bread, mm. and when it comes down to tariffs on this stuff, it's basically like you're trying to disincentivize snack food and incentivize whole meals. Right? Yeah, I'm not. Right. So he's with Subway bread cake in Ireland. Uh-huh. You know, and so they successfully basically okay. sued the United States to say that no, this is this is sandwich bread. This right. is yet another this is yet another like judges going wild because I am totally pro nachos <laughs> Nachos as a meal is very uh, is a real meal. Nachos as a meal is as good of a meal as Frito pie but is it's a not meal. A no, no, no. But in other words, saying that a chip saying that a chip can't be a dinner item and it's only for snacks, I think is is a is a boneheaded. It's boneheaded. It's wrong. It's incorrect. It's wrong. Narrow minded. Yeah. yeah. It's like you know, look. It, but it's always when a judge has to make some stupid tax call, like tomatoes getting called a fruit, right? Like, tomatoes got called a vegetable right, yeah. for the purpose of taxes in, like, whatever it was, like, 1910, 1920, you know. Everyone right. likes to do this. Is Brancusi art or not? How are we going to tax the art when it comes in? It's always judges having to make these dumb decisions <laughs> based on stupid trade regulations, you know? Dumb butts. Dumb butts. You know what? You know what? Speaking of tomatoes being a fruit or a vegetable, what always bothers me is that, like, if, if I'm writing something and I'm, like, I'm a scientist and I say, like, the, the, the vegetables like tomatoes, people want to, like, crawl up my ass. Oh, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, what's that? Eggplants, zucchinis, green beans, red peppers, and about four or five other things that everyone always talks about as vegetables, and, like, nobody gets on, like, pedantic about those things. Well, you need to be pedantic, you need to be pedantic. Yeah, but then... Well, you- and all fruits are vegetables. So, like, like vegetable is not, like, a specific plant part. It just is part of a plant. So, like, tomato is both a fruit and a vegetable. And not all, fru- not all fruits are fruits. You know what I mean? Not all things that we call but fruits are true. fruits. Some are, uh, Multiple achenes. Some are droops. Yeah. Some are achenes. Yeah. yeah. The, the, an apple is actually, most of the parts you eat don't come from the ovary, but from the, like, swollen... Uh, 
like the part of the plant right down from the flower. So it's like most of it. Yeah, like the you know like the little circle around the seeds. Yeah. That's the only part that's actually like botanically a fruit come from the from from the ovary of mm-hmm. the plant, and then the, all the stuff around it comes from is like other plant tissue. And strawberry is not a berry, but I want it in my red berry smoothie. <laughs> God damn it! Wait, what's not you a know, berry? This is America. Oh, not raspberry, not a berry. Yeah. I believe it's Kinder a multiple group. For everybody. Well, then, like cumin, cumin is a fruit. Yeah. Yeah, so like and a king dried fruit. Get this. Blackberries are always disappointing when you buy them in a store. You need to pick your own blackberries. Blackberries in a store are disappointing. Sure. Yeah. You're like they're always like very sad, but don't really have a lot of. I've never had a blackberry. Really? You never what? Oh, they're good. Who's taking them? Gotta go to like Vermont or. Say, listen. When you're when you're picking blackberries. You, first of all, you gotta you gotta love the you gotta love the fact that it's gonna have that weird hard thing in the middle. Get to love that. It's not a raspberry, yeah. people, yeah. right? Get to love that. And then they're not water bags when you pick them yourself. That first of all, like in brambles, there's always one or two that are water bags, and then you find the good one. You're like, ah, and then you eat it. But you can't buy them. All the ones you buy are just at best water bags because they're always moldy by the time they get to you. And man, that little sousson of mold on top of the water <laughs> with the hard thing in the middle. <laughs> also, commercial mulberries suck. Commercial mulberries are without worth. You know, mulberry tree to tree, tree to tree, baby. Even a good mulberry is okay. I, you know, I, 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 I think. It would be good for all fruit experiences to be accessible to everybody, but like, if the trade-off is like that a wild blackberry is as delicious as it is, I think some foods are just not made to travel. I, I once ate two pounds of Costco blackberries in one sitting at a laundromat, and I had a pretty good time. So, yeah, no. you know, not all of them. My, my that favorite. Poop cream? Uh, <laughs> my uh, my favorite uh, supermarket berry are the commercial blueberries when they're good, not when they're too big, but when they still have some acidity to them and they haven't started going <laughs> soft. So I used to buy quarts of them and then drink them out of quart containers, not making smoothies. Just <laughs> remember that stuff. Yeah. Quartz and quartz of blueberries. Yeah. Sometimes I would steal it from the storeroom. I'd be like, we're doing a demo. We need a bunch of blueberries. And they would give us the blueberries. And like, yeah. yeah. Do you know that you can't... Uh, so every uh, item on earth has a dump angle. And uh, the dump angle is, is that if you were to dump the crap in a pile, what would the angle of pyramid that it forms make? Right, And so all different materials have different dump angles. So it turns out that uh, blueberries, you can't effectively drink blueberries out of a pint container. You need a quart container. Even if you're only drinking a pint of blueberries, you need a quart container to get the angle right. It just doesn't work out of a, out of a half so they, pint. They pack together too efficiently in a small space? Yeah, you, well, you just need to be able to pop it back. It's best to half fill the quart and then twice. You're better off half filling the, but if you're using a full quart, you can kind of like off the top of it and then get to a point where you can start pouring it into your face. Yeah. Are you squeezing the quart container a little bit to sort of give yourself a runway directly into the mouth? No, no, no. No. It's not a contest. I do this for fun. This is not like a hot dog eating contest. I'm not trying to mash them. I own a blender. If I want to smash them... Please, please. All right. From, do you believe that El Butts is El Butts or El Buttes? Probably El Butts. I believe it's Buttes. Oh. We have a, we have a. There's an E. There's an E. Butes. 
Um, anyway, uh, I, yeah. Anyway, question for Josh. Uh, by the way, we have a Josh who I swear to God who uh, is a Patreon member, and his uh, what's it called Instagram is a hot dog is a sandwich. His name is Josh, and he has a spins all tattoo. So this is a question for you, and not for a hot dog is a sandwich, Josh who has a spins-all tattoo uh-huh. that says all I do is spin, 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 no matter what. Uh, okay, now that we are all aware of how... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said pointless, blenders are pointless? I need more on this. He says, now that we are all aware of how pointless blenders are, what is the second most useless gadget in the kitchen? And why do you think, as a follow-up question, why are blenders useless? I know you hate air fryers because that's correct, but why is it that... I mean... I love convection cooking. Don't call it frying. But go ahead. Uh, talk to me about blenders. Uh, I believe they're referencing a short-form video. We made a TikTok, if you will, where I said that blenders are useless and I prefer to crush everything in a bag. And I proceeded to make a uh, hand-crushed protein shake inside of a gallon Ziploc by just beating the crap out of all the ingredients with a meat mallet, cutting a hole in it, and typing it into my mouth. Now, that was what we call a joke in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love blenders. I love my blender yeah. constantly, but other useless... It's hard to emulsify with a meat mallet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was terrible. I got a lot of frozen, smoked protein stuck in my teeth. Mm. Although, uh, not I, good. I think we need to... I think you're on to something here because uh, I think, again, like back to making yourself feel guilty, you know that like trend to make That's everything tough. a workout, put everything through a Tammy. If you had to put everything that you ever needed to be fined through a Tammy the way they used to do, you'd have a lot less moose style things in the world. You know what I mean? Just my feeling. Our least favorite, yeah. Uh, it's, it's so funny. One, one of our culinary producers here um, left a Michelin star kitchen to come work with us. And Lily, if you're listening, we're so grateful to have you. Shout out to Kato. Um, but she, the main difference in the way that we cook is she runs every single thing through a candy. <laughs> and it's like, Lily, we're not, we're not there. You don't have to do that. She's, you know, yeah. scraping through a candy. She has like pockets full of squeegees. Yeah. If we have to throw everything through a chamois, like, we still do if, uh, if, you, oh, you, if you work in certain kitchens. You yeah. don't even shoot in 4K, so you can't even... I mean, it's, 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 it again. it's so demented <laughs> to own a Vita Prep and then put it through a Tammy. It just means you hate everything about your own life and the people that you work with. You know what I'm saying? It's like the whole point of the of the Vita Prep is that it gets rid of all with a few exceptions like if you're going to blend whole walnuts but then that's going to ruin your Tammy anyway you know what I'm saying oh man old days old days not good days air fryers why because I initially thought that what an air fryer was when I heard the name was something that took small particulates of oil and circulated them in a tornado motion so like aerosolized that's uh, a relatively better idea basically yeah and so creating the effect of frying without With hot droplets. Yeah. 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 It, and then when I figured out it was just a very powerful convection oven that lived on your, you know, countertop, I was like, I felt like I was fooled. Um, but so many people I know love their air fryer. It's gotten them into cooking more. And, and I mean, you know, my future mother-in-law bragging about her 
air fried, uh, what are the, like the tobacco leeks, you know what I mean? Like the fried leeks they use as garnish. Oh, yeah. She loved this, yeah. Salad. She loved this salad from a restaurant at the Jersey Shore. She used to go to when she was a kid, and she'd never so, she'd bring herself to deep fry the leeks, but she did it in the air fryer, and she finally got to experience the oh. salad. And it was beautiful hearing her talk about this. It's like, I feel guilty about my air fryer hate, mm. but I would love for you to bring me back. Does, uh, does she live alone? She does, yeah. Yeah. So air fryer is great if you need to make one leaf. Or like a French fry. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like if, if, if you have the, the appetite of a small uh, animal and you live alone and only need to make one serving, then yeah, damn. I can evaporate the, the you know, the, the moisture on the surface of something with my pseudo impingement oven, you know, lickety split. As soon as people come over, you're like, why does this recipe not work anymore? I can't even make tater tots in this dang thing. What the hell is going on? And it's because it doesn't have enough power. It just doesn't have enough power. If you move to Europe, maybe, and could have a three kilowatt unit, then maybe it would work. But then you could just get a three kilowatt fryer. Like those uh, British electric kettles that, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, water in 30 seconds. Listen, yeah, I microwave my tea, damn it. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, do you know what? It gets so pathetic. Like back before Bed Bath and Beyond. First of all, it, when when I was young, you there was like a host of crappy houseware stores that you could walk into. Right. And I know yeah, Amazon next day, beep, 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 but I like walking in and like touching all the stuff. Right. And we had different levels. Yeah. So the mm -hmm. lowest end was Lecter's. So if you just needed some bull crap, you would go to Lecter's and get some bull crap because you needed to cook right now. Not tomorrow, not two days prime. I'm cooking now and I need another pan. You go to Lecter's. They went out of business. Now Bloodbath and Beyond is out of business. That pissed me off. Right. I don't know where I was. Oh, so but towards the end of that crap, this may be the reason they went out of business. They're like, they're like everyone's healthy. They stopped selling fryers and they only I was like, where are the fryers? They're like, oh, the air fryers over there. I did not say that. Where are the fryers? You know what I mean? And like they stopped selling them. No wonder they went out of business. Jerks. <laughs> Idiots. Frying is God's technique. Most clearly frying is God's cooking technique. Right. Yeah. Because it. it it's the one that we had to, to work the longest to figure out. First, we needed to be able to render that much fat. Then we needed to be able to hold it in a right. device. Then we needed to be able to heat it reliably, mm. right? So, like, it's the last of them. Boiling in skins, that's old. Cooking with stones, oven, steam, bearing, all that crap. Early. Frying. It's the apogee. It's the height. We were like, we figured it out. We're like, yes! Yes! And then, why, you know, why, why stop? My feelings. Okay. Would you know what the major cooking techniques invented? Is that truly the, the apex? Yeah. You know, like when but I never thought of it. I mean, frying is still thousands and thousands of, of years old, right? Yeah. yeah. Surely there were other like major cooking advancements. I mean, like the whisk, but now like, okay, so like tools, but not the cooking. Yeah. Techniques. Yeah. I'm trying to think. You know, I mean, you know who doesn't like you know who doesn't like whisks? Air That's the coach stuff to eat or Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. Well, you sold me if I ever needed a justification for funnel cakes. Yeah, look, you know what? You're like, you know what? This uh, batter is kind of boring when I just cook, put it on a hot stone. What if I were to deep fry this stuff? You're like, have you invented powdered sugar yet? No, don't worry, you will. You know what I mean? Don't worry, you will. Um, anyway. Uh, okay, so wait, did you have us for, for L, 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 L butts? Did you have a second uh, gadget that you're going to do this to and, uh, and uh, declare useless? Knife sharpeners? 
Mm. Uh, like a honing rod or like an like electric sharpener? Like any kind of sharpener that's not a stone. Oh, yeah. yeah. The honing rod is honing. That's not sure. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. No, no, no. We're, we're talking about, like, uh, language being used to communicate ideas. Mm-hmm. When you hone a knife, it cuts things more better, right? Right? Yes, but sharpening <laughs> refers to actually removing metal from the blade and honing just aligns it. No, but I Jesus. would say that, like, to sharpen a knife, you sharpen a knife because you want it to cut things more better. If you use a honing rod that cuts things more better, are you not like in a colloquial way sharpening? Because that to me, that's another thing where I'm like, let me sharpen a knife real quick and use a honing rod. And I don't say that often, but to me, that's my tomatoes or actually a fruit. Uh-huh. I'm like, I grind my knife on this little rod that I have for 10 seconds and it cuts the onion more better. Ergo, it's a sharp knife. Well, first of all, first of all, first of all, old school, old school steels don't have grit. Right. That's that's another issue that comes up. Does your steel actually have grit on it or not? Because old school steels were literally yeah, steel, and my butchers would use the back. Like if you yeah. look at old school butchers, they use the back of their knife as a steel. Oh, the back of one knife. That's why they sit there doing that yeah. because when they're about to kill you or cut up meat, because they want to go through you quickly. Right. Back, uh-huh. back, 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 back. Shap, 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 shap. But are you using a, a steel with a grit on it? In which case, you are doing both. You are realigning the edge and actually using an abrasive. I'm asking. Oh yeah, no, I'm using one with the grid. I can't remember. Oh, it's like a diamond one. Yeah, then you are doing both. You are you are doing both, and so you have the best of both worlds, and you can tell everyone to go hang. Uh, I, I think most cooking devices, most cooking equipment, had a use. If you are going to use it, the one that has caused me the most strife in my own life and personal relationship is a toaster oven. No. we have a limited, there's a limited amount of counter space. And we even have a separate island filled with cooking equipment that's in our living room um, and this giant toaster oven that I can't stand that my fiance never uses because I cook everything. It's just sitting there and I could put more weightlifting supplements on that counter if I wanted to. Well, no, but first of all, that's, that's, a, that is like, cause I mean, my son like uses those things and like one pound of those supplements takes up like a garage full. Like, I don't understand why you need to put all those things into such large freaking containers. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Ain't like, holy crap. Uh, yeah. So like, I, I would literally, he would leave that crap in the kitchen and I would literally pick it up with, with a pinky because it's so light, a can that was like the size of like a 50, almost like a 55 gallon drum open his door, throw it in, and be like, keep your protein filth out of the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, because it was just so irritating. But I, I tell you how different we are. When we were, when, when my kids were young, they decided they wanted to start cooking. They couldn't use my oven because my oven was hot rotted, like really hot rotted. And so no one in the house felt safe using my oven. And um, so they were like, I was like, I'm going to get him a toaster oven and the deal was is that what I had to give up was my meat slicer. So I actually gave up a real meat slicer for a toaster oven <laughs> for my kids. I would use a meat slicer so much more often yeah. than a toaster oven. I miss yeah. the meat slicer a lot. I, I found that meat slicer on the street and I, I, I had to complete, like literally on the street, I had to completely disassemble it and it never got to the point, I couldn't replace the, the linear bearing, so I'd sanded them, but the way I would do it is there was a, there's an Allen key on my old one that adjusts the play in it. So I would loosen that so that I could move it and then have to tighten it in between setting the, the things, but it sliced like a champ, like a champ. 
Oh, I love meat slicers. God, I love meat slicers. You know what you should not do? You should not make cell phone calls when you're using a meat slicer. It's a really bad idea. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. My thumb will tell you that. Uh, moron, moron, yeah, what? Like, I wonder why moron labnet. They love labnet, and they're also a moron. Probably, probably. Anyway, for Ariel, uh, what's going on with uh, limoncello and key lime flavor? Uh, do, okay, how do you say the uh, the the La Croix beverage? Do you pronounce it like a French person, or how do, how do Americans? What, what are we supposed to call that crap? Lacroix. 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 All right, so Moron Lavender wants to know what's going on with, have you had the limoncello and the key lime flavor? Both have flavors I'd expect and then sort of creamy, milky, lactic acid type note that I most closely associate with the yogurt drink, Yakult. Oh. Never had yakult. Oh yeah, I've had yeah. Like in Japan, I've had yakult. Mm. Uh, what, sorry, what is the question? Have I tasted? I haven't tasted either of those Lacroix, but I might be able to answer a question about what's going on with them. All flavored seltzer tastes like poison to me. Wait, let me check. Let me check if we have it. It's oh, all yeah. poisonous. Like, are we talking about why does it taste creamy? No, why doesn't it? No. Oh, no, both have the uh, a creamy it. lactic. They both have a creamy lactic stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you wouldn't use... Yeah, I mean, so you can get that clearly by aroma. I mean, actually, creamy, like creaminess, the, the sensation of creaminess, uh, we typically think of it as just textural, but in fact, um, it is a mixture of, like, texture, particle size, and aroma. So yeah. uh, uh, I would not be surprised if uh, just, oh, wow. Oh, you have both? both? Amazing. Let me ask you. So, uh, All right, I'll the, start with the limoncello. Does a limoncello taste like sugar and detergent? Because that's what limoncello tastes like. Uh, it's an alcoholic sugar detergent product. So like. Oh, yeah, I mean, I creamy, creamy mid-note, but. Creamy All right. While well, you're tasting these and getting ready. Yeah, I know. There's probably some like vanillin and like Wait. maybe some kind of like slightly. Listen, for those of you, for, for, for those of you that can't see what's going on because you're not a Patreon member, Ariel is doing the full. She's doing the full tasting thing. She's like putting it over her palate, doing the mouth movements. Like she's actually pretending that this is a real product that she should be tasting. Labor question, and uh, uh, so I'm answering it on, oh, earnestly. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, did yeah. I fuck around? Like, oh, family show. Can't say that shit when I was. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, right. I, it just kind of reminds me of so, so like, most 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 flavors don't come from like one flavor molecule. Yeah. Like, how poisonous is it? I just want to know how poisonous it is. You have to, and I do have a point with this. Um, so, so strawberry, very famously, you can't really like replicate by getting a strawberry molecule. There isn't one. You have to like include four or five different notes. So you need like a generic fruity note, a kind of green note, a slightly blue cheese note, but also a caramel note. So like like there is a there is a quality of strawberry that is like innately caramelly. Uh, so and I think they have something like that in in these. What is the blue cheese note in strawberry? 
So speaking um, of cheesy vomit smell, this butyric acid, how poisonous are these flavors? How bad are they? Like on a scale of like bad to really, really bad, how bad are they? I mean, I don't mind LaCroix, so... Are they are these the same flavors except one has lime essence and one has lemon essence, but the rest of the base is the nice. same? That's what it tastes like to me. I mean, so like. Well, I was like, I was like while, while you're debating that, uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to take that, uh, Josh. Flavor is taste itself. It probably has no sugar or acid added, so the flavor actually only comes from aroma. So like. Yeah. Like, is the flavor the same? But lemon okay. essence, I guess, like. They're, 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 they're not different things. Listen, what I'm saying now, between like, like a generic base and then add like like you know lemongrass top notes to this one and like limey piney ones to that. Yeah, exactly. Probably. Funny. Yeah, probably right. like lots of uh, lemon bean and a uh, couple other terpenes in there. I love it. I, I want you, I want uh, not you guys, but uh, hold on. Like, uh, like uh, here's an experiment you should run. It's in my book, so I probably shouldn't tell you. And you should go buy the new version of the book if, oh, yeah, if and when it comes out. But if you were to water down uh, a flavored seltzer with seltzer water, it's still flavored seltzer. Right. If you water down a sugar soda with water, it's broken because it's a completely different kind of uh, oh, like yeah. flavor system. And so it's a very good experiment to run. So what I have people do is is like uh, you know fifty fifty water, uh, you know one of these poison flavors. Do it and then do it's it with Coke. Water and Coke or something. Yeah. So but once the once the Coke drops, so Coke is roughly somewhere from ten to eleven bricks. Ten to you know it, once it, the sugar level goes down, it yeah. loses all of its structure. So, but you can add glycerin to it and bring its structure back. It tastes like less, more diluted flavor, but it doesn't taste broken anymore. So that's one of the experiments in the book. But I take it that Josh is a diet soda drinker, as was I for many, many years. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, also, uh, oh, I hear absolutely. you. You like the pepper? Have you had the Whataburger uh, Dr Pepper shake? Disappointing. I have never had the Whataburger Dr Pepper shake though. Yeah. But what is interesting Texas uh, fusion there? Yeah, it's like a Hershey's uh, Yingling pork. Yeah, not enough, uh, not a, not enough, uh, not enough pepper flavor in it. Not enough Dr. Pepper flavor in it. A little disappointing. Yeah. Well, what is the flavor? We, we did a podcast about this, just what is the flavor of Dr. Pepper, which is... Isn't it like cola plus cherry? Uh, so I heard prune. Theoretically prune. Right? No, prune thing is in a complete Okay. The prune thing is completely in this. Uh, it does have like a, a fruit, like a stone fruit. I think there's, I think it's amaretto combined with, because yeah, there's that kind of dark dried fruit. Yeah. My theory well, is that he mixed root beer and cola uh -huh. together because he was a pharmacist. I can't remember. Oh. Was it John Pemberton? Or is that yeah, something like that. Some Texas dude. Um, yeah, it's like Charles Alderton. Charles Alderton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He was like a pharmacist and, you know, sodas, just cure-alls back in the day. Right. And now they're coming back to cure-alls, which is great. Prebiotic, postbiotic. Yeah, CBD. Because they worked so well last time, you mean? They're coming back to cure-alls because they really worked the first time around? Yeah, they did because there was it's just narcotics and all of them. 7-Up was just lithium. Lithium. You know, you can still go to Springs with lithium in them. Yeah. So, uh... But anyways, I, uh... 
I can say this. Uh, bartenders all over the world were very upset when Lemon Heart 151 was taken off the market because then you couldn't make flaming Dr. Peppers anymore, which have no Dr. Pepper in them. Anyway. All right. Guys, guys, we got three minutes left. Three minutes, and then we're getting hard pulled out of here. Talk to me about pulled pork Twinkies. They're not really Twinkies. They're corn. They're corn dogs. They're corn dogs filled with pulled pork. Three minutes. Corn dogs. Wait, what about? Talk to me about them. They're not Twinkies. They look like Twinkies. This from your book. You wrote the book. They are new. I challenged this dinner, so I really wanted cornbread. That was still all the best foods are phallic shaped. I know the kids out there, but listen, they just are. They easily fit in your mouth. I love pulled pork with cornbread, but I wanted a tubular shape to get in my mouth. I think the original Twinkie is still the best mass-produced snack cake of all time. I think they did an incredible job. So we bought the Twinkie mold and we filled it. Is it probably better just to eat? Barbecue on the side with your cornbread, yes. But this, I can take in the car with me and eat it, and I love it. It's like it's like bringing the sandwich back to its mm. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. All right, I'm gonna take you to task. In your in your cheeseburger nuggets, why ninety ten? Why ninety ten in your cheeseburger nuggets? You're like, I'm gonna save a little fat and go ninety ten. What the hell is that? For the beef. Uh, because otherwise, I think you would have too much fat reaching out into uh, right. the batter with that. If you did like a, if you did a cure on the meat first to sort of emulsify that and kind of agitate it, get the uh, myosin. Right. Yeah, so you Yeah. So you're so. Uh, then I think you could do fattier, but so you're fine. saying you have the only good application for ninety ten. I listen. I, I come from the sports and bodybuilding world in our lifetime ago. I've eaten so much ninety-six four ground beef. Oh, <laughs> you have no idea what I am thinking. Let's talk. Uh, <laughs> how was the frozen pizza muffaletta? And you make sure that it's cold. But you know there are people who serve a hot muffaletta. Have you tried it warmed? I have tried recently at Napoleon House. Less than two weeks ago, I had my first warm muffaletta. And it was very good, but I prefer it pressed, cold, and dense. So I went with a collapsed neutron star. And the DiGiorno pizzas, not a sponsor, worked really well because it is on that round bread. You're just getting a little light seasoned tomato paste, and the cheese is already in there. Press it down. It works deceptively really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so extra, uh, describe how okay, you made Fruity Pebbles pancakes. I'm assuming they were terrible, right? Fruity Pebbles are terrible. I like them. They're god awful. All right. Mm. All right. All right. All right. Listen, I got 25 seconds left. Uh, buy Flavorama. Uh, buy uh, the uh, Mythical Cookbook. Or if you want me to say them both accurately, Flavorama and the Mythical Cookbook. Buy them on Kitchen Arts and Letters. Support uh, our local people. Josh, thanks so much for coming on. Ariel, a pleasure as always. Uh, that's it. Cooking Issues.